Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray you are well. I always pray you are well and wish you a most blessed solemnity of St. Joseph. It is a first-class feast. It's not a holy day of obligation, but he is St. Joseph, the foster father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the second greatest saint after the Blessed Virgin in the Church. And um, it's a very special day um, of the solemnity of St. Joseph uh, in the year of St. Joseph. So we have a beautiful year um, ahead of us, and um, and we're in it. Um, it's very wonderful. And I've come across a, a sermon by St. Bernadine of Siena. I'll read it to us. St. Joseph, the foster father of our Lord, is considered the second greatest saint next to the Blessed Virgin Mary. He lived a holy and silent life because Jesus and Mary, giving us example of an ordinary life, lived to the full. March 19th, that's today, is the principal feast day of St. Joseph and was dedicated to him in several Western calendars by the 10th century. This custom was also established in Rome. By 1479, Pope St. Pius V extended its use to the entire Roman Rite. Pope Pius XI named St. Joseph patron of the Universal Church and Pope John XXIII included his name in the Roman canon. There's a general rule concerning all special graces granted to any human being. Whenever the divine favor chooses someone to receive a special grace or to accept a lofty vocation, God, uh, God adorns the person chosen with all the gifts of the Spirit needed to fulfill the task at hand. So we don't need to compare ourselves, you and I, with St. Joseph in order to know that what God has called us to, he will equip us for. Uh, Someone once said, God does not call the equipped, he equips the called. So there, if you feel like you don't have the gifts to fulfill your vocation, you do not. But God has called you, he will give you all that you need. I'll continue now with St. Bernardino Sienda. This general rule is especially verified in the case of St. Joseph, the foster father of our Lord and the husband of the queen of our world, enthroned above the angels. He was chosen by the eternal father as the trustworthy guardian and protector of his greatest treasures, namely his divine son, Mary, Joseph's wife. He carried out his vocation with complete fidelity until at last God called him, saying, Good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. What then is Joseph's position in the whole church of Christ? Is he not a man chosen and set apart? 
through him, and yes, under him, Christ was fittingly and honorably introduced into the world. Holy Church, in its entirety, is indebted to the Virgin Mother because through her it was judged worthy to receive Christ. But after her, we undoubtedly owe special gratitude and reverence to St. Joseph. In him, the Old Testament finds its fitting close. He brought the noble line of patriarchs and prophets to its promised fulfillment. What the divine goodness had offered as a promise to them, he held in his arms. Excuse me, one moment. I'm going to reread that last, most beautiful sentence. What the divine goodness had offered as a promise to them, he, St. Joseph, held in his arms. Obviously, Christ does not now deny to St. Joseph that intimacy, reverence, and very high honor which he gave him on earth as a son to his father. Rather, we must say that in heaven, Christ completes and perfects all that he gave at Nazareth. Now we can see how the last summoning words of the Lord appropriately apply to St. Joseph. Enter into the joy of your Lord. In fact, although the joy of eternal happiness enters into the soul of a man, the Lord preferred to say to Joseph, enter into joy. His intention was that the words should have a hidden spiritual meaning for us. They convey not only that this holy man possesses possesses an inward joy, but also that it surrounds him and engulfs him like an infinite abyss. Remember us, St. Joseph, and plead for us to your foster child. Ask your most holy bride, the Virgin Mary, to look kindly upon us, since she is the mother of him who, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, lives and reigns eternally. Amen. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that by St. Joseph's intercession, your church may constantly watch over the unfolding of the mysteries of human salvation, whose beginnings you entrusted to his faithful care through our Lord Jesus Christ, thy Son, who livest and reignest with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Um, Let me just read you, we prayed Matins for this holy feast day. And the readings from Matins are so incredibly beautiful. Um, I'm going to, I I have to find them in pieces here um, from the Divine Office, but let me do that. Um, um, Because the readings compare Joseph in the Old Testament Um, um, Joseph the son of Jacob uh, to Joseph in the New Testament. Um, And the first reading was from the book of Genesis and Joseph was brought into Egypt and Potiphar Potiphar, a eunuch of Pharaoh, chief captain of the army, an Egyptian, brought him out of the Ishmaelites 
by whom he was bought, brought. And the Lord was with him. Remember Joseph, um, the, the, who received the coat of many colors and was the favorite of his father Jacob, and all the other jealous, uh, brothers were jealous of him, so they sold him into slavery. But the Lord was with him, and he was a prosperous man in all things. And he dwelt in his master's house, in Pharaoh's house, who knew very well that the Lord was with him and made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph, this is the Old Testament Joseph now, son of Jacob, Joseph found favor in the sight of his master and ministered to him and being set over all by him, he governed the house committed to him and all things that were delivered to him. And the Lord blessed the house of the Egyptian for Joseph's sake. The counsel pleased Pharaoh, Joseph's counsel pleased Pharaoh and, um, and all his servants. And he said to them, can we find such another man that is full of the spirit of God? He said, therefore, to Joseph, again, this is Joseph, son of Jacob in the Old Testament, whose brothers in jealousy sold him uh, to the Egyptians and they brought him to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, seeing God hath shewn thee all that thou hast said, I can find one, can I find one wiser and one like unto thee? Thou shalt be over my house, and at the commandment of thy mouth all the people shall obey. Only in the kingly throne will I be above thee. And again Pharaoh said to Joseph, behold, I have appointed thee over the whole land of Egypt. And he took his ring from his own hand and gave it into his hand. And he put it upon, put him upon him a robe of silk and put a chain of gold about his neck. If you haven't read the story of Joseph, um, who had the coat of many colors in the Old Testament, it is one of the most beautiful moving stories you could ever read in all of scripture. And I would urge you to read a Genesis, uh, I think it starts at chapter 37, right to the end, chapter 50. It's the most beautiful story. He took the ring, Pharaoh took the ring from his own hand and gave it into Joseph's hand and put upon him a robe of silk and put a chain of gold about his neck and he made him go up into his second chariot the crier proclaiming that all should bow their knee before him, before Joseph, and that they should know he was made governor over the whole land of Egypt. And the king said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, without thy commandment, no man shall move hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Oh, dear ones, we'll finish this when we come back from the break. There's our music. And at the second break, we'll take your calls, your texts, your emails. Call in with anything on your heart, dear ones. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
praise be to Jesus. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. May God love you. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. We are um, celebrating the solemnity of the Feast of St. Joseph, foster father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we've been reading uh, some of the Old Testament um, account of Joseph, um, the son of Jacob, who was um, sold into slavery by his brothers who were jealous of him because he was Jacob's favorite Um and now St. Bernard of Clairvaux um, makes some comparison between Joseph in the Old Covenant and the Joseph of the New. And he says, what and what manner of man the blessed Joseph was. Now we're speaking about the husband of Mary. We may gather from that title wherewith, albeit only as a deputy, God deemed him fit to be honored he was both called and supposed to be the Father of God. Can you imagine? We may gather it from his very name, which being interpreted signifieth increased. Remember likewise that great patriarch who was sold into Egypt. And know that the husband of Mary not only received his name, but inherited his purity and was likened to him in innocence and in grace. If then 
that Joseph that was sold by his brethren through envy and was brought down to Egypt was a type of Christ sold by a disciple and handed over to the Gentiles. The other Joseph, flying from the envy of Herod, carried Christ into Egypt. That first Joseph kept loyal to his master and would not carnally know his master's wife. That second Joseph knew that the lady, the mother of his Lord, was a virgin, and he himself remained faithfully virgin virgin toward her. To that first Joseph, it was given to know dark things in interpreting of dreams. To the second Joseph, it was given in sleep to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. The first Joseph laid by bread, not for himself, but for all people. The second Joseph received into his keeping that living bread, which came down from heaven, not for him only, but for the whole world. We cannot doubt, but that Joseph was good and faithful, to whom was espoused the mother of the Savior. Yea, I say... He was a faithful and wise servant whom the Lord appointed to be the comfort of his own mother, the keeper of his own body, and the only and trustworthy helper in the eternal counsels. Let me just scroll down here to the third nocturne of our matins this morning. And we go on uh, to a homily by St. Jerome, uh, the priest at Bethlehem. Why was the Lord conceived of an espoused virgin rather than of a free? First, for the sake of the genealogy of Mary, which we have obtained by that of Joseph. Second, because she was thus saved from being stoned by the Jews as an adulteress. Thirdly, that himself and his mother might have a guardian on their journey into Egypt. To these, Ignatius, the martyr of Antioch, has added a fourth reason, namely, that the birth might take place unknown to the devil, who would naturally suppose that Mary had conceived by Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. She was found, that is, by Joseph, but by no one else. She had already almost uh, an husband's privilege. He, St. Joseph, had already almost an husband's privilege to know all that concerned her before they came together. This does not imply that they ever did come together. The scripture merely showeth the absolute fact that up to this time they had not done so. And we know that they never did so. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. If any man be joined to a fornicatress, they become one body. And according to the law, they are privy to a crime, are thereby guilty. How then can it be? that Joseph is described as a just man at the very time he was compounding the criminality of his espoused. It must have been that he knew her to be pure 
and yet understood not the mystery of her pregnancy. But while he wondered at that which had happened, was willing to hold his peace. Oh, dear Lord, dear people, the mystery, God's mystery, you know, it is, um, um, it will ever be a mystery. We can understand the facts. We know that Our Lady became, um, uh, she was with child by the Holy Spirit. We know that. We know that Joseph was uh, ready to put her away. According to Jewish law, she would have had to have been stoned, uh, put to death if she had been with a man uh, outside of marriage. But the angel Gabriel, the same angel that came to Mary to tell her that she would bear the Son of God by the Holy Spirit, came then to Joseph to tell him that she was with child by the Holy Spirit. And he believed the angel, and he protected her, and he took her down to Egypt to protect them um, from those who would kill him. Uh, it's, it's an amazing story, beloved. And um, if you're Jewish, dear ones, it's your story. It's your history. Joseph and Mary, both from the family of David, from the tribe of Judah, back to Jacob, to Isaac, to Abraham. All the way back to the woman in Genesis, when the promise that the seed of the woman would crush the seed of the serpent. And the seed of the woman is Christ. Through Mary, right through her son Seth, right through Noah, and through Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob, and his son Judah, and his son David. Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, called himself the son of David, the son of man, more than any other title. And he is the Messiah, promised for 2,000 years, the Savior not just of the Jewish people, but of the entire world. And you say, why, do, why don't the Jewish people believe? Well, it's not true that the Jewish people don't believe. The first Christians were Jews. The name Christian comes from, it means one belonging to Christ. Christ means the anointed one, the Messiah, Mashiach. It is the English translation through the Greek. Mashiach in Hebrew, Messiah in English of the Old Testament, to Christos in the Greek, to Christ in English, the same word. And it means the anointed one, the Christ. He is Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, the Christ. Um, and he came through the Jews, for the Jews, and for the entire world. The Jews did not reject Christ. They did not fail in their mission. He came through them. Because of their faithfulness? No, because of God's faithfulness to bring the Messiah through them, through Abraham's seed. And the Messiah is indeed the seed of Abraham through the people that God formed for his name to bring out a savior for the entire world. The first Christians, Christian means one, when you tack this suffix I-A-N onto a word, it means belonging to. So it, 
Christian, belonging to Christ. The first Christians were called, the first followers of the Messiah were all Jewish. And they were called Christians at Antioch. And it was a name of derision. And it was, it was, the name was, uh, it was Jewish people who came up with that name who were against their Jewish brethren who believed in this Messiah in this way. Uh, they believed that he was what he claimed to be, the way, the truth, and the life. God incarnate come to earth, the triune God of Abraham who sent his son to earth. They believed it. And the Jewish people who didn't believe it mocked them. And they said, you follow him, you are Christians, you are Christians, you belong to that Christ, that what you call the Messiah. And the Christians who followed Jesus, they loved it. They said, okay, you're right, we do, we'll take it. We're Christians, we like it, that's an honor to us. And that's how the word Christians became. But it applied only to the Jews who believed in Yeshua, in Jesus, whose name means salvation. And it was from the Jews that the Messiah came to the whole world. And when the rest of the Jews um, rejected him, the Jews who believed, thousands of them, 3,000 plus women and children, at Pentecost, the Jewish feast of Pentecost, um, when the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Blessed Trinity, was poured out upon them, they were told by God to go into all the world, from Jerusalem to Judea, Judea through Jerusalem, to the uttermost ends of the earth. And he poured out his Holy Spirit on them and in them that they could take the gospel to the ends of the earth. In the Old Testament, the prophet, through the prophet Isaiah, God said, I will make you a light to the Gentiles, a light to the Gentiles, um, that his message would go out through all the earth. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he commissioned them, now with the Holy Spirit, to go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now they had, they failed many times before, but now at Pentecost they had the Holy Spirit. And now for the first time they could do with the power of God what they were always called to do. And that is to be a light to the Gentiles, Gentiles meaning nations. So beloved, Christianity is thought of as a Gentile religion. It is not. It's a Jewish faith that is spread through the Messiah. It is Roy Shoman, an Orthodox Jew who became Catholic, calls Christianity post-Messianic Judaism. That is the Judaism that was fulfilled in its Messiah and spread to the four corners of the world. Christianity is Jewish, beloved to the four corners of the world, to every tongue and tribe and nation. And the history of the Jewish people is yours. It is your history, beloved. Um, there's the music for our second break, and we will take your calls, your texts, your emails when we come back. Beloved, call in with anything on your heart. Our lines are wide open, toll-free, 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. 
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I'm a uh, widower, parent of three almost adults, and listen to you guys around the clock. Father McTigg, Society of Jesus, he's wonderful. Mother Miriam, of course, the Divine Office, and many other great things that Station of the Cross does. So thanks very much for your great work. I had a friend at work email me and tell me about the Station of the Cross a couple months after it started, and I was so excited I tuned into it, and I found that I love the Catholic Station. If you've been blessed, by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112, then share your testimonial with us. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. So happy to be with you on this Solemnity of St. Joseph. Um, and we are here, it's our half hour together, for your calls, your texts, your emails, whatever is on your heart, dear ones. And I'm reminded always at the beginning of this half hour to um, mention the Life, Sund- Life Funder, the fundraiser that LifeSite News has so graciously set up for us on their website. You can go to it, www.lifefunder.com forward slash the initials of our community in caps, D for daughters, D-O-M-M-O-I-H, Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. And I haven't gone to it yet. I think we have nine. Let me see if I can look at it real quickly. I think we have nine days, nine or ten days left. Let me look to see. I don't go to it unless I talk to you. So here it is, 44% funded. We have 88,000 of the 200,000 that's needed. Um, And we have nine days to go. So wouldn't that be wonderful if our Lord purposed to fill in that 88,000 in nine days? That would be a perfect novena. Um, and and a, a, a blessing from St. Joseph. So we we give thanks to God for all of you. I look at it once a day. I usually don't even bring it up unless I'm on the air with you. 
and um, but then after the program, I read all of your comments. I pray for you. I bless God for you, and I give you all a hug and thank you for your contributions so very much. Our lines are wide open. Our toll-free number is one eight seven seven five one one. 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We have a text from somebody who writes it anonymously and says, Hi, Mother. I was wondering how you and the sisters celebrate the feast of St. Joseph. That's a, a beautiful question. Um, St. Joseph is one of our four patrons. We have Our Lady of Guadalupe and then St. Joseph. And then St. Benedict, we are Benedictines. And then St. Francis de Sales, um, my wonderful spiritual director from heaven. i let you know that. Um, and so we have prayed a novena to St. Joseph, which ends today. We've been praying a novena for five days, a uh, nine days, which ends today. We began, it's a first class feast. We began with a Vespers for first class last evening. And we continued with... A matins this morning, and then, of course, um, we pray all day, uh, all the offices, lords, and prime, and um, then comes tears and sext, and known, and vespers, and compline all day. We have special meal today. We don't eat meat all of Lent, but especially not on Fridays, but we have a special meal with salmon today. We'll have salmon and salad, just one meal. It's all we eat through all of Lent is one meal a day. But we have um, um, we have a, a special day of one of our aspirants is entering the postulancy today. And we have another uh, woman who wishes to be an aspirant visiting today. And we all, in addition to all those and all the prayers in Novena, um, we keep it as a holy day. And so um, we don't do any work except what is needed for cooking and uh, things like that. Um, and we pray together the litany of St. Joseph, um, a wonderful litany of all his titles. Um, so it's a very, very beautiful day that we spend in prayer and reading. And we have the Blessed Sacrament here and a chapel that we've set up set up temporary in our temporary quarters until we can move into our new home. So um, it's just very, very, very wonderful. We're very grateful for St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, patron of the Holy Family, patron of families all over the world, and patron of religious, um, and patron of our uh, particular uh, Benedictine community. We have an email from Jolene who says, I recently heard an OAN TV news on, oh, I don't know what OAN is, but she says, I recently heard on OAN TV news that Pope Benedict, that would be Emeritus Pope Benedict, said that President Biden is a Catholic and observant. Could that be true? Well, it is not true that President Biden is a Catholic and observant. He calls himself a Catholic, but he is um, not observant. And um, uh, I, I would understand that he has excommunicated himself from the church, uh, having been responsible for the murder of millions and millions of children and taking um, uh, Holy Communion while in mortal sin, all of that. So 
um, I I also read that Pope Emeritus Benedict said that President Biden is a Catholic and observant. LifeSite News had a full article on it a while back. Uh, I can't answer for that. Uh, it was reported, but we don't know. Um, you know, I'm I'm learning to not jump to too many conclusions. We don't know what President-elect Biden, uh, rather uh, Pope Benedict, Emeritus Benedict, was was what news he was fed, uh, on what basis he would have said such a thing, if he indeed said it, if he was said to have said it, if he was told that erroneously, I don't know, but it was reported that he said that, and... Um, it's certainly not true that Biden is an observant Catholic. It's absolutely not true. And we need to pray for his soul and for his conversion. Um, let me see now. Um, we have an email from Julie uh, who writes, Good morning, Mother Miriam. We are currently homeschooling our three children in the Catholic faith. However, we have recently talked about the possibility of sending them to a good, that's in quotes, good Catholic school. The good Catholic schools, however, do not exist in our area. The Catholic schools here seem to be more about money and status rather than the Catholic faith. Do you know where we could find any good Catholic schools in the country, or do they not exist? We are willing to relocate. God bless Julie. Well, Julie, um, yes, there are good Catholic schools in the country. We have them right here in Beloit. In fact, we have large homeschooling families moving to Beloit. Many have done so, eight, ten children, um, because of St. John's Catholic School, indeed. So, yes, we have them in Beloit, and you are welcome to come here. Um, but I'll tell you, I don't know why, if you are homeschooling your three children, you would uh, give them up, even to a Catholic school. I don't know why, Julie. Um, even the best Catholic school, there's nothing better than homeschooling. There's nothing better than homeschooling. And there are so many fantastic resources. God has not intended. Every parent homeschools. You homeschool your children from the moment of conception. For nine months in your womb, you are homeschooling them. When they are brought to full birth, you are homeschooling them. And why, when they reach the age of five or six... Do you send them out to strangers, even Catholic strangers, even good Catholic strangers? Why do you do that? Why would you turn them over to the world, even, even the Catholic world? Why would you do that? God has given you those children to raise for his kingdom. No one is going to have your exact values. The needs of the children are for education, but education through the attachment they already have to their parents and the love and the trust they already have. Um, uh, not to be re-educated by so many factors that they're going to come across even in a good Catholic school. Um, I, I, it's a puzzle to me. 
if you absolutely cannot continue to homeschool, then you want to look for the best Catholic school you possibly can. Um, I'm thinking for older children of St. August- uh, Ambrose Academy in um, uh, Madison, Wisconsin. There are outstanding Catholic schools, but I say still, if you are able to homeschool your children, it doesn't matter that you've not received a good education. Get the best books you can from solid, traditional Catholic homeschooling um, apostolates, books, all of that. And you'll learn with your children. You just have to be one step ahead of them. That's all. You have to study the lesson the night before. You don't have to be personally educated. But you know your child. You know the rate at which your child will learn. And that is the best. If you go on our website, uh, www.catholic, I'm sorry, um, Mother of Israel, I don't know my own website, motherofisraelshope.org. And you look, uh, click on the newsletter link and just scroll down two newsletters or the second, I think the last newsletter was Christmas. The one before that was our homeschooling newsletter. And we did a survey, uh, my friend Beth Neubauer uh, did a survey of 22 Catholic homeschooling moms. She is one herself. And um, we published that survey uh, in the magazine of, of homeschooling moms who think they don't have enough time or uh, what if they're not educated enough, they're afraid their children won't be socialized, afraid they're going to ruin their children, they don't have too much time, they don't know how to juggle all that. It's all answered in that survey. It's just wonderful. Um, and we also have uh, the top-rated homeschool programs, such as um, uh, Our Lady of Victory, who give you the entire package in a box. The whole thing they send you. You don't have to wheel. You don't need to figure it out. It's all there. Um, and you can get it from Our Lady of Victory and other outstanding homeschool programs and then we list tremendous resources but there's actually um oh i'm you know what i'm putting together our next newsletter now um let's see it's our lady of the rosary uh family catechism uh let me announce this i don't know that i've done it before but i'm going to now Our Lady of the Rosary Family Catechism. It's an online catechism. It's an online video catechism course which provides children and families with the unique opportunity to learn the timeless truths of the Catholic faith according to the Baltimore Catechism. Go to, just type in uh, on a search engine, Our Lady of the Rosary Family Catechism. Our Lady of the Rosary Family Catechism, taught by Father Polari. It is traditional, outstanding, right on, simple for you and your children. You can watch it together and learn the whole Baltimore Catechism together, whether or not you send your children to a Catholic school. Okay. Let me see now. We have um, an email from Kathy who says, there is a book called Jubilees, I believe from the Hebrews. 
I am curious because in the book it says that when the Lord parted the Red Sea, he parted it in 12 for each tribe of Israel. Never heard of this. You know so much more than me, and I hope you can help. God bless you, Kathy. I can't help you at all, Kathy. I have never heard of such a thing. Um, God said that he sent a wind, and it separated the waters and held the sides up so that the Israelites could walk through on dry land. So it was in two parts. I never heard of 12 parts. I don't know why each of the tribes needed a part of the sea. I have no clue about that. Um, I don't know what the, and I don't know about the Book of Jubilees. So my dear one, I'd have to look up the information just as you. You might give Catholic Answers a call catholic.com on the web and perhaps one of their apologists has heard of it or could direct you further there's the music for our break beloved it'll be our last segment when we come back and uh, we'll take your calls and emails then call it with anything on your heart hello beloved this is mother miriam host of mother miriam live Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and again, you are welcome. We have a good 10 minutes uh, to call in with anything on your heart. Toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Um, we have an email 
from, well, it's actually a text from someone who texted in anonymously and says, um, Hi, Mother Miriam, I wanted to ask what happened to all the souls who died prior to Christ's resurrection. The church teaches that um, uh, they went to um, called the limbo of the fathers. Um, uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says before the resurrection, everyone from Abraham, Noah, Moses, Adam, Eve, all the righteous were in the limbo of the fathers where they remained. It's a, a resting place where they remained until in Christ's human soul, until in his human soul united to his divine person, the dead Christ went down to the realm of the dead. He opened heaven's gates for the just who had gone before him. So they were in a waiting place. The church doesn't teach, there's an official, I think they've done away with the term limbo, but it it was a holding place for the righteous dead until heaven would be opened. There's a magnificent... Um, sermon uh, that um, is, uh, I, I don't remember who it was, I almost want to say St. Augustine, but I don't recall, and it's on Saturday night when Christ went down to the dead to announce to all the dead that he won the victory. And it says, today a great silence reigns on earth, a great silence and a great stillness a great silence because the king is asleep. The earth trembled and is still because God has fallen asleep in the flesh and he has raised up all who have slept ever since the world began. He has gone to search for Adam, our first father, as for a lost sheep, greatly desiring to visit those who live in darkness and in the shadow of death, He has gone to free from sorrow, Adam in his bonds, and Eve captive with him, he who is both their God and the son of Eve. And his words from I am your God, who for your sake have become your son. I order you, O sleeper, to awake. I did not create you to be a prisoner in hell. Rise from the dead, for I am the life of the dead. End quote. It's so very beautiful. And these people were not in eternal hell. They were in a Sheol, a waiting place for the righteous dead prior to the um, opening of heaven. Okay, okay let me see now. Um, we have an email from Matthew, and Matthew says, Mother, is it disrespectful to take pictures inside a church? I've seen some beautiful churches, but always wondered if it would be irreverent of me to take pictures knowing our Lord is present. Thanks for your ministry, Matthew. Matthew, I I don't know if there's an official answer to that. I don't think it's irreverent. Um, uh, That's how we have such beautiful pictures of churches even where our lord is present we have such magnificent pictures of churches all over the world and their interiors i think even with our lord in the blessed sacrament um so um if if it's somebody call in if i'm wrong uh, but if the church has a sign to not take pictures such as when you enter the vatican it may tell you that or other places then absolutely respect that 
Um, but other than that, I don't know that it's forbidden. Um, I don't think it's a problem, but I, I, I cannot answer more definitively. We have an email from Jolene who says, thank you for your broadcast, which has taught me so much about the beautiful Catholic faith, which prepares me for heaven every day. Mother, is it true that one cannot take communion with unforgiven sin? And does that general confession in the Mass just before communion satisfy absolving us from all our sins? so we can participate in communion. Thank you, Jolene. Jolene, uh, the only sin that could not be absolved uh, by the general confession in the Mass before communion is mortal sin. If you have mortal sin, unforgiven mortal sin on your soul, that cannot be forgiven during the Mass and must be um, uh, forgiven directly by your going to a priest to confess. So... Um, uh, again, uh, we should not take communion with unforgiven sin, but um, the, ma- the beginning of Mass, all venial sins, if we enter into that um, confession, uh, are forgiven uh, except mortal sin, and, and that must be forgiven uh, by your going directly to the priest and naming that poor mortal sin and having him forgive you. Um, We have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Dear Mother, my husband and I thank God for you and pray for you every day. Oh, I can't thank you enough, dear Anonymous. Thank you so much. Um, I have a small weekly rosary group in our home attended by all Catholic women. One lady has asked to bring her Protestant friend to pray with us, and I do not know how to answer her. The friend may be a fallen away Catholic for some years. I only want to do what pleases our Lord, and I need, please, your counsel. Thank you for all that you do. I would um, absolutely invite that Protestant friend. And prior to the rosary, I would speak to her and say, you're welcome to join in the rosary with us, but do you believe what you're about to do? Do you believe that we are praying the rosary to Our Lady, Hail Mary, that she is full of grace, that she's blessed among women, and the fruit of her womb, Jesus, is blessed? Do you believe that? Um, Do you understand what we're saying, and do you understand what we're doing, and bring her to Luke chapter 1? It's all scriptural, but... um, uh, Make, uh, tell her what the five mysteries are whatever day you'll be praying them and say, do you believe this? Because we don't want you to contradict what you believe. We don't want you to, we don't want to dishonor what you believe. We don't want you to dishonor um, our Lord by praying with us what you don't believe. So I would say absolutely. And if she says, I believe all that, say, well, blessed be God, join us. And if you don't believe, you're welcome to stay silent and listen with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And and you know, um, the Reformers prayed the rosary. Martin Luther prayed the rosary. Um, And uh, Zwingli and and Calvin, they all prayed the rosary. They all loved our Blessed Mother. They all... um, believed in her perpetual virginity and 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 so 
it's only descendants of them that have done away with much of the belief in Mary. Um, let me see. Um, we have an email from uh, Jolene. I don't know if it's the same Jolene as we just took an email from, but oh, my Jolene, there is our music for the end of the program, which means that we'll be taking your email very first on Monday. First thing, I wish you all a most blessed solemnity of St. Joseph, and I would urge every one of you to go and order uh, consecration to St. Joseph by Father Don Calloway. Father Don Calloway, um, consecration to St. Joseph. It will only enhance your consecration to Jesus through Mary and will honor them and the foster father that our Lord chose for his only begotten son. God bless you. Have a good weekend. We'll speak with you on Monday.